So on May 28th, both John and Walter are given polygraph tests, which, of course, we know don't matter now. Oh, those are just the the highest of tech. But either way, they both passed. So, you know, Sharon claims that she was innocent, so there was no need for her to take the test. And on top of that, her attorneys had advised against it, so she didn't take one. It was kind of like... uh, Her attorneys advised against her taking a lie detector test. That's what she said. They think I'm lying. Well, are you? I'm uh, I'm innocent. I'm innocent. Well, I'm, I'm... I'm not feeling great about the test then. I don't think you should do it. Yeah. Uh, John and Walter both gave written statements admitting relationships with Sharon. Sharon gave an oral statement, but then declined to write uh, to sign a written one. So she's not cooperating. They're doing everything they can to help. Why do you think she's not cooperating? Uh, That normally means she's not innocent. (laughs) Guilty? Guilty. Uh, Did I say goodbye? Or a garage. I meant garage. <laughs> um, authorities then focused on ruling out any other um, potential suspects because, you know, they want to make sure that they're right in this because they don't want to focus on one person. If the possibility is there, it could be somebody else. So they start ruling out everyone else because it's clearly not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they start interviewing other witnesses, investigating the crime scene, uh, attempting to recreate the events, even the trajectories that she was killed at yeah exactly (laughs) yeah for those that didn't see it (laughs) daniel was miming dwight throwing the uh the joint the roach out yeah yeah all right he's trying to solve the case the case of of who left (laughs) dwight found a joint in the parking lot dwight finding drugs (laughs) um yeah so yeah, so they searched for the murder weapon and the bullets, the bullet that had gone through Patricia's body. So they had the one through and through. So they were like, well, if we can find the bullet, you know, maybe we can help link it back to the weapon. Well, there's still some in her, correct? In yeah. her shoulder? Yeah. Um, they used the Boy Scouts to assist them with the search. Like like always, like you always do. Yeah. They even um, went to the lengths of dragging the bodies of water that were nearby for to see if maybe the gun had been chucked in there. Um, They also searched the buildings in the area for um, blood or gunshot evidence because the authorities had a theory that she had been attacked one place and transported to the final area. Um, They didn't think that she had been fully... They, they like took care of her and then like took the body over there. Well, they had they had a thought that she wasn't fully. She may have been um, shot at once, but not fatally. Yeah, and then taken to the area to be shot. Fit, well, that know, one in killed. the mouth definitely definitely did definitely it. definitely did it. Um. So yeah. So they were trying to establish you know anything they could. They eventually found a twenty two rifle slug buried in the ground where Patricia's body was, which established that. Um, at least one of the wounds was from a rifle. So we had a 22 rifle and a 22 pistol that shot her. Hmm. So they were able to determine that. Um, they said that they also found a white powdery suspe- substance in Patricia's hair when they, um, when they brought the body in for examination. So they were like, oh, maybe this will help. But then they found that that was just a nest of fly eggs so like that's how so they were able to determine that the body had been there for a a little bit of time really not that long though well no not that long because there's only 24 hours or so but a little over 24 hours of her being missing damn this fly has got to fucking work yes well it is may 
So it'd be warm. The end of May. That's disgusting. Yeah, yeah. So on May 31st, Patricia was buried, and that night around 11 p.m., Sharon is arrested for the murder of Patricia. Oh, no, but how... How did that happen? But how, though? Authorities also asked um, the prosecutors to consider a second charge of murder. Uh-oh. For James. No, no, no. They had started we, looking at that and felt that what was there. suspicious. We wrapped that one up. Could yeah. you just... I told you to leave me out of all this. Yes, yes. So the next day, Sharon's released on $20,000 of bail. And within the month, she was indicted on both counts of murder. So they did decide to move forward. They had enough evidence to move forward with James's murder as yeah. well. At the time, Sharon's mother was working as a secretary for a law firm, Quinn in Pebbles. Yep. <laughs> yep. They handled uh, criminal law cases and were apparently very good at what they did. Um, and they took up Sharon's... Uh, case both of them but the trial didn't start for another year because sharon was in fact pregnant so she Sweet had actually been pregnant Lord. from either T-Bird? well we don't know if it was walter or john because obviously she's sleeping with both but she, when she told him that she was pregnant she had that was the truth she was pregnant so she um they delay the trial for a year, and she gives birth in January to a third child named Marie. So she has two daughters and a son now. Um, and the trial begins in June of 1961. And when that comes, she stands trial for Patricia's death first, because probably because they had more evidence. Yeah. And the jury was all male. Don't know if that really matters, but she is known to charm so oh yeah know. real charmer on yeah. that third fucking kid and doesn't want to do shit she's <laughs> very attractive yeah so during the the year delay authorities were able to rule out that the same it wasn't the same gun that um killed james that killed patricia obviously because the authorities still had the gun that killed james so they were like they they spoke to the department and they're like well we have we can rule out that it wasn't the same gun because you guys had that in your custody um Sharon's friends came, her friend came forward, and he was like, oh, uh, yeah, right after James got shot, I actually bought her a twenty-two rifle, twenty-two pistol, pistol. and um, I registered it in my name, but then changed it at Sharon's request. No, they, she registered it in her name, and then changed it to his name, right? Yeah. Did I say that the other way around? Yes. Sure. It's all right. I know what you're saying. Yeah, that's what I was saying. So um, he was like, well, just to let you know how sketchy this was. Yeah, exactly. They searched Sharon's house. They yielded nothing but the empty box that the gun was in. So no gun, but they found the box that the gun had originally been in. When asked, Sharon said, you know, I actually lost it um, during my trip in uh, when I was in Washington. Oh, yeah, did you? Yeah. Did you? But then she changed her story and said, you know what? No, I don't think it was in Washington. I think it just, you know, it just, it just disappeared at some point. Oh my God. Just lock this dipshit up. <laughs> the authorities were able to hunt down the gun's previous owner who had been, uh, he was an airline pilot. And he said that he test fired the gun before selling it to make sure that it worked well. And he said that he probably still had the, the spent casings because he just had a spot where he shoots. So they the trial went into recess while they sent a team out to retrieve the slugs, but the bullets failed to match the ones that killed Patricia. So Oh shit. Yeah. 
Um, after the trial resumed, several witnesses testified to having seen Patricia get into a car with Sharon. Um, they were able to determine that Sharon was the last person to see Patricia alive, at least in public. Um, several witnesses testified that Sharon's sex life was full of domineering behavior and that she had a po- possessive personality. No shit. Oh, yeah. Um, while that was being, all this is being said, Sharon sat there calmly, not reacting to a single comment, and took notes. Oh, you're taking, taking notes, are you? Taking notes. So you can know where you lied to be like, oh, actually, did I say, did I? Check that. No, I meant not what I wrote. Yeah, yeah. The prosecution claimed that Patricia had died about six hours after eating lunch on May 26, more than 24 hours before the body was found by Sharon and John. But the defense argued that the death had occurred just six to eight hours before the body was found. So that's a lot of discrepancy. Yeah. Um, the prosecution gave the pregnancy slash demand as motive that Sharon felt that Walter was slipping away. And when he said he wanted to end the relationship, she took care of it in the way she knew how, you know, get rid of what's standing in between you. It's either her only two plans in life are 22s <laughs> and getting pregnant. Yeah, pretty much. But the prosecution couldn't establish that Sharon had actually owned the weapon that killed Patricia And after calling 27 witnesses to support their cases and their theory, they rested. And in two days, Sharon's defense team provided their case before um, resting after only calling 14 witnesses. And they argued that Sharon had no reason to kill Patricia, which it's like, okay, sure. And that even if she had owned a 22, the prosecution couldn't provide that it was the murder weapon. So that's, you know, that is kind of true. After an hour and a half of deliberation, the jury came back with, quote-unquote, too many loopholes, and they acquitted Sharon of Patricia's murder, which was met with cheers from the courtroom. Why are so many... What, is she friends with all these people? These people were happy that she didn't get charged with this woman's murder. Don't know why. Yeah, I I mean, it seems like she did do it so when you have this woman that keeps going back and forth on what she's saying and then eventually gets off you're all happy because they were on her side that's why i I don't know how have you gotten onto this random woman's side i don't know immediately after the verdict was given one of the jurors asked sharon for her autograph which she agreed to and was photographed doing before she returned to jail to await her second trial Oh, well, what, what you have fans mm-hmm. deciding your outcome? What are you a fan of? I, again, they thought she was attractive and they, really? they were charmed by her. I think lots of chicks are attractive. But if I was in a courtroom People about didn't have one a lot that's going on in 1962, I guess you know? so. It's like, damn, I maybe I could fuck this chick. <laughs> she seems like she, Can I get she, your autograph? She maybe could. Maybe some sex, maybe some chicken. <laughs> Maybe I'll whip that T-bird. It's like you really have a t-bird. lot of high hopes. Yeah. So not guilty. For sure not guilty. Yeah. I mean, Definitely not guilty. Definitely not, folks. Yeah. On January 8th, 1962, Sharon's trial for James's death began. Um, but the prosecution confirmed that they were not looking for the death penalty in this case. Their case was that Sharon had been so willing to get rid of James before the divorce that she even offered someone $1,000 to kill him. That someone? John, her Mm. boyfriend. Boyfriend number one. John claimed at the time that he thought that Sharon was joking, 
Um, which kind of, you know, sullied his uh, testimony a little bit because if you sum it up to a joke, it's like, well, you could possibly see it as a joke where the the prosecution just wanted him to make that statement. Like she said this. Yeah. So the prosecution turned their case just a little bit and they said that um, the marriage was on the verge of ending because of the affair between Sharon and John. So she knew she had to cash in the life insurance policy before the divorce. So premeditation. So they were now arguing like, oh, we should go for first degree, even if we're not going for the death penalty, because there's um, there's the premeditation. Yeah. So because he all he had to say was she she did that. But because he kind of fucked that up for them, they then had to change it a little bit. Yeah. So the defense stated that James's death was, quote unquote, obviously accidental and that Sharon's character shouldn't be called into play. They also said that John was unreliable because he was a quote-unquote poor mixed-up kid who would sign anything when pressured. But everything she's saying is reliable? Yeah. <clears throat> well, she's not saying anything. Well, she has to get herself out of this shit thus far. Well, but she she. I mean, that's not reliable. I know that she said she had the gun, but that she lost the gun, but then she found the gun, but then well, all this not. has happened. Obviously, and her this... defense team isn't going to introduce that story. Oh, oh, they're not. Yeah. Okay, okay. No, they'll yeah, just defend yeah. it if it comes yeah, up. Yeah. Um, the defense gave supportive evidence about James's love for guns, willingness to have them out in front of the children, and the details about how Dana had played with the weapons before. Four days after the trial began, the jury started their deliberation, and after five and a half hours before sentencing, uh, they sat there, they thought about it, and they decided Sharon should go to life, or should go to prison for life for James's murder. We should do that. So they hand her the verdict. They're like, yeah, she, she definitely, she had to kill him, right? Sure. So they give her the life in prison and James's family is like, well, we're still going to believe her story because they said that they can't find it in their hearts to say anything bad about her. And they didn't feel like she committed it. So she gets a life imprisonment. Cool story. And everyone's still like, I don't believe that happened. So the next week, Sharon's attorney attorneys request that she be released on bond. And, um, they had, a bunch of people sign a petition supporting her innocence. What is, you don't know her. I mean, this is her attorney. They know her a little bit, but yeah, I don't know who's signing the petition. That's what I mean. You have multiple signatures. You don't fucking know this woman. Yeah. Right. That's what, that's what I'm understanding. There are strangers. Strangers signing this petition. For her. To be released. Yeah. I'm so confused. Yeah. So again, she's a she's a charmer. How? I don't know you how, can't. but she has become this point. I she's charming s- people somehow. What's with this chick? She got beer flavored nipples or something. <laughs> I don't. I just. I don't understand. I'm gonna have to see a picture. Is it? Is it a physical thing? Is it like? Does she have like an essence? An essence about her of what? <laughs> um, I'll show you a picture. I'll show you a picture. Show me a picture. I mean, I don't, I don't get it either, but I, I also it, don't get the Ted Bundy thing. As soon as I see it, I'm, I'm just going to go, not guilty, not guilty. That's her? Yes. Oh, wowzers. You know what she looks like? A fucking woman <laughs> from the 60s. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big charmer there. Yep. yep. I'm not feeling that she killed. I know that it seems real suspect that she was fooling around on her husband and then somehow her husband died so she didn't have to deal with it. And then she's fooling around with this other person and then her, his wife Dies. dies. But I know that the one connection we have with all of this is her but no 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 i'm because of the way she looks you know like a super fucking normal woman i'm just not feeling it yeah i get really good vibes from this super fucking normal looking woman oh yeah i'm so charmed my balls are charmed off where can i sign again people this is same thing with ted bundy i don't get it but people super normal the, looking dude super people are like well, is he not really really attractive. handsome no what are you fucking talking about? No. he looks like a dude yeah he looks I mean, like yeah, a yeah. normal he's not, like, dude missing teeth and like obviously like has like a fucked up saggy eye like you like some of these guys that you know murder and chop people up yeah for a dude that kills women and then fucks with their bodies and stuff he is a good-looking dude for someone with a well, black heart. For somebody who... But very normal-looking. Yeah. And for somebody who's described as being able to change his appearance, none of them are attractive. Yeah. It's not like Like, he never became a hot dude. Like I don't get it. fucking Brad Pitt... Yeah, exactly. ...out here murdering people. Exactly. Like, you're like, whoa, wh- that's that, the fucking guy? I would have trouble with that. That gorgeous <laughs> specimen right there is yeah. like... Ted Bunny looks like a fucking dude. He looks like he works at fucking Home Depot or something. And this woman also works at Home Depot. Super fucking normal looking. Anyway. Not that there can't be hot people that work at Home Depot. Well, yeah. Um, but anyway, they these people thought she was hot enough You're to sign a petition. crazy as shit. She was, All these people. She was obviously denied bond because she's uh, being charged with first degree murder. And that's not really something you get released for when you have an appeal in place um and the attorneys were told by the judge that their involvement in the petition was highly improper they were like yeah you don't you don't do that as an attorney but the attorneys ignored all of this they filed a motion to have the conviction vacated because they said the jury had not arrived at the the verdict based on any substantial evidence they had just decided it they too (laughs) so it's like they were like, oh, well, they didn't, there's not enough evidence for that. So you should just put aside the conviction. That was also denied, but they, of course, appealed that, which then went to the Missouri Supreme Court, who in March 1963 decided, well, you know, you're right. There wasn't enough evidence for conviction. And they reversed her conviction on awesome. James's death. Awesome. Sharon's given a new trial based on the fact that the, they said that the jury selection for the trial was not adequate. So that that's what they said that the the issue was. So she basically got a new trial because they said that when they selected the jury, they didn't do it right. Uh, Quote question okay. mark. Yeah. So you by didn't that point, randomly pick people right. <laughs> yeah. By that point, Sharon was doing pretty well in jail. She was kind of the top bitch in her block. I don't understand <clears throat> this. And she began. She be, She was. Um, having a sexual relationship with a woman named Margaret Hopkins. So, you know, she's got a girl. So she'll soon to be dead or ha- have something, <laughs> have someone, someone around her dead. dead. At first, Sharon was denied bail, but then when the ruling was overturned, um, she was able to get it. And in J- July of 1963, Sharon was released to the custody of her brother after he posted a $25,000 bond for her. Where is he getting all this loot? 
alone. Oh, that's good shit. Oh, I'd love to go in debt for you. For you. You fucking yeah. psychopath. Sharon moved in with her mother, who, of course, was taking care of the children by this point, and waited for her second time in court for James's death. The second trial started on March 23rd, 1964. At first, the public was barred from attending, but then journalists were eventually allowed in. The jury process was un- unusually long. Um, it caused the first day to be 14 hours, which is very abnormal. Yikes. The judge decided to sequester the, again, all-male jury um, because they didn't want them to go out after 14 hours of jury selection and then look up information on her case. What so, is, What does that word mean? Sequester. <clears throat> that, that's when they put you up in a hotel and you can't really like talk or watch oh, anything. Oh, you can't see. Yeah, I got you. Because they want you to remain unbiased and they yeah. don't want any you to know anything about the case. Um, a couple days later, a mistrial was declared when it was found that one of the jurors had once retained the law partner of the prosecuting um, attorney. So... The man who was prosecuting for the state, his partner at the law firm had once represented one of the juries. Okay. Jurors. So, conflict of interest. Really can't get this jury thing right, huh? Yeah, so mistrial. Well, this is how, like, ridiculous law can be sometimes. Uh, I mean, it makes sense because you want it as unbiased as possible. But even this is like, okay, well, now we have to go through that whole process again. Yeah. Yeah. So, they mistrial... Um, they set up the new trial to begin in June. So the third trial is set for June. This time the prosecution states that they're seeking the death qualifying round. So they said they, they want to make sure that anyone who is here is okay with um, selecting the death penalty if need be. Because, of course, that's kind of what caused the issue in the first place. So they're like, just if you're opposed to the death penalty, we don't want them. We just want the people who are going to be here who are okay with conviction of death. So during the trial, during the third trial, John testifies that the conversation, he's like, yeah, I had this conversation with Sharon. She told me she'd pay me $1,000 to kill James. This time, he doesn't say it was a joke or he thought it was oh, a joke. Oh, so he gets a redo, gets a mulligan on yeah, that? Yeah, basically. Hey, don't mention that part. We're yeah. trying to uh, put this bitch away. This time, he says that after james's death sharon asked him not to tell authorities about the author offer so once they were like starting to interview them or starting to look at her she said if they come to you don't tell them that i offered you a thousand dollars to kill him so that's what he changed his story to (laughs) so um yeah so mulligan but then changed your story a little you evolved your story a bit so the prosecution revealed um about you know sharon's relationship with margaret in jail they provided the letters um, between the two, which became known as the Precious Tomcat Letters. I don't know what that means. It revealed that the women had entered into a handwritten contract, a marriage contract. And another letter revealed that Sharon requested for Margaret to go to Sharon's grandmother's place and get the twenty-two pistol that was hidden in the wall of the um, like fireplace. Like the, I can't say that word well, but chimney. Is that how you say it? No, it's chimily. Shut up. Authorities <laughs> searched the grandmother's house, but found they had actually gone to the wrong one. Grandma moved, and they searched the wrong place. They oh. had the old address. So they weren't able to find the gun. Gun ain't here. Gun ain't here. Um, there, were, there was also a new witness who testified in this third trial. 
This woman was acquaintance of Sharon who said that Sharon once had joked with her saying, you should get rid of your old man like I did. That was a quote from Sharon. The defense was able this to... This was after her husband was dead? Yeah. Yeah, wow. this woman was having issues with her husband and she claimed that Sharon, that's what Sharon told her. Oh yeah, that was just a big joke. Yep. Um, the defense was able to highlight some inconsistencies in this woman's statement, however, which of course called question of credibility. Awesome. Yep. Sharon finally took the stand in her own defense. She denied all charges. That's basically... Blown away. Yeah. The jury was deadlocked 7-5 to five in favor of acquittal, which caused a second mistrial. My God. Yes. What is it with this? Like, do you have evidence or don't you? You have some Sweet evidence. fuck, man. How are you just going to keep running in circles? Yeah. Um, a new trial was set for October. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. Keep running in circles. Sharon's still out on bail. Took this break is her opportunity to let loose a little. She began hanging out at the the 12th Street Strip is what it was called. She want to get pregnant again? <laughs> yeah. There, so th- the 12th Street Strip apparently had a bunch of cheap quote quote unquote cheap mafia bars and other bars quote unquote ran by the mob okay Okay? so she said that she learned about these places from her friends in jail and she um, may have also known about the mob bar because apparently the law firm that represented her so the place where her mother worked um had ties to the mob like a couple years after all of this that law firm was linked to the mob in Kansas City or the mafia in Kansas City um, because the authorities were trying to wiretap the boss at the time of the mafia. Yeah, the mafia. And um, he started going to the law office to make his phone calls because he thought his home his home phone was tapped. was tapped. But they actually tapped the law firms. Oh, yeah. okay. So they caught him. So they were connected as well. Some people say that she knew this stuff from the women that she, she was knows. in jail with. But then some people said that it was because she was already connected to him through the fact her mom worked at that law. She firm. knows all about mob stuff now. Yeah, she's all about the mob so stuff. Then they get a beer in a glass. If it comes in a bottle, I send it back. I send it back. Um, Don't fuck with me, The Grady. Gabagool. Yeah. According to J.J. Maloney from CrimeMagazine.com, Sharon slept with a lot of these mafia slash mob connected guys, obviously. Um, but she wasn't held in like low regard. So it wasn't like they saw her as just somebody who fucks everyone. Um, no, they looked at her like a, a princess slash <laughs> goddess because doesn't doesn't everyone that meets her for some reason because she's just she just blows our fucking minds. Yeah. I mean, she's got two eyes, a <clears throat> nose, a mouth, two hair. No, <laughs> I'm it's I it's. It's magic. It's it like seeing magic. a. Fu- it's like a unicorn. It's magic. It's just something about you her, know. you know. The super normal yeah. looking woman. It looks like she makes fucking biscuits at Hardee's. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so taken back. Innocent, innocent, innocent. Well, either way, they gave Sharon money to help her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. So these guys like that. She would sleep with them, and they gave her money because they liked her and they respected her and enjoyed the sex. So, over the summer, Sharon meets a con artist and thief named Samuel Puglis. Love that name. Yeah. Um, they also ended up in a handwritten contract, marriage contract. Um, I guess at this point, Margaret was kind of done for. 
I guess she, because it's handwritten, you just kind of rip it up and you're like, all right, we ain't married anymore. But either way, um, <clears throat> she signs this contract with Samuel. And by September, they decide, let's move to Mexico, even though she's going to face charges for James's death in October. Yeah. Before leaving, Sharon writes a bunch of bad checks, clearly indicating she's not going to return. And she left the children with James's parents and headed off, uh, started using the name Jeanette Pug- Puglis. Puglis? Sure. Um, she just changed her name while she was traveling. And they told the authorities in Mexico that they were heading to um, Mexico City because they wanted to get married. They crossed the border, registered in a motel under married names, and then Sharon convinced Samuel to buy another another pistol for them because she felt unsafe in the unknown area. Let me even guess. Though, is it a 22? Yeah. Even though they already had brought a couple guns with them. So they had guns with them, but she's like, can you go get me a 22 pistol? It's kind of my thing. It's kind of my thing. To clarify, just so you know, Sharon was legally allowed to leave the country Per the the law, the court, like the court size, the legal system allows her to leave the country because she's out on bail. The terms that she's out on bail, she can leave the country. Perfect. The problem is, is the people that paid the bond, like the people that they got the loan for. Yeah. They have an agreement that she can't leave Missouri without having their written permission. So she's not only left Missouri, she's now left the country. The country. Perfect. Yeah. So just to clarify that, because that will come back into play later. On September 18th, Sharon in Mexico goes out one night. She encounters a Mexican-born American whose name was Francisco Pardres. And I'm going to spell his last name because I have no idea how to say it. O-R-D-O-N-E-Z. There you go. Um, She rented a hotel room with him later that evening under the guise of being a husband and wife. Sharon said she went there to see photographs that Francisco had taken, but she said that things quickly turned sexual, which she was, quote unquote, not there for. Don't lie to us. We know you (laughs) fuck everything. Yeah, exactly. She eventually felt, quote unquote, threatened enough to fire her pistol in self-defense. Yep, 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 yep. She said she had no intentions of harming him, striking him in the chest multiple times, killing him. And, of course, a hotel employee, Enrique, hears the gunshots, enters the room, but Sharon wastes no time turning and firing at him as well. Because some guy that's just um, alarmed, Mm -hmm. you know, she felt really uncomfortable (laughs) with his presence, too. So it's all just fucking and shooting with this one. Yep, definitely. So she strikes him in the shoulder and Enrique runs out of the room, locks her inside and calls the cops. Wow. The authorities have a very different story of what happened. Oh, do they? Yes. They concluded that she picked up Francisco to rob him, and when he didn't comply to her demands, she shot him. Okay. Sounds a bit I like it. more yeah. on the truth. We're looking at pictures. Shit got weird. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I came here to look at pictures, so pictures. that's super normal. Sharon was arrested for homicide and assault with a deadly weapon. But she stuck to her story. They searched her purse. They found a gun and 50 shells. And they they um, went to the room that she was sharing with Samuel. And they found two more guns and more shells. And authorities arrested Samuel, too, for enter- entering the country illegally. 
because they lied about who they were and stuff. Yeah. And for carrying an unlicensed gun. To clarify, one of the guns found that night was determined to have killed Patricia. Oh. But since Sharon had already been acquitted of that death... Can't bring it back up. Nope. Super makes sense. So testing later on determined that she did have a twenty-two pistol that did match what the ones that... So like, well, we did find out that you killed that girl, but oh my God, we just yeah. love you so much for no reason. Yeah. So, you know, just go home. <clears throat> yep. And here's some money. Here's some money. And here's so some dick. Both Sharon, <laughs> both Sharon and Samuel were put into holding awaiting trial. In October, Sharon's attorneys from the U.S. filed that the Mexican government was violating her constitutional rights by holding her for a gun excuse me, for a shooting committed, quote unquote, in self-defense. Yeah. That was denied and both Sharon and Samuel were held until their trial in 1965. Sam was cleared of all charges but deported to the U.S. and told never to come back to Mexico. (laughs) Sharon was convicted on October 18th, 1965 of Francisco's death and was sentenced to 10 years in jail. She immediately filed an appeal to try and shorten the sentence. But the appeal did the opposite. (laughs) They overturned the attempted robbery charge, but upheld the murder charge and increased the sentence to 13 years because the judge deemed 10 was too lenient. Oh. Yeah. So she was like, what did you say, 10? How does five strike you? Yeah. Uh, I'll take your five. Yes. Uh, And 13, though. So in prison... So she got 13 years. Yes. Yes. In... In Mexico. In Mexico City's prison. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that's where she was given the nickname La... La... It won't play now. Oh, no. Shit. Okay. Well, anyway, (laughs) that word... (laughs) That was going to be so good. Let me refresh the page. I'll put it right... Hang on. Here. Well, I don't know where this... That's where the speaker is. Yeah. Okay. Let's try this again. La... Pistolera. Pistolera. Thank you, HP. Yes, thank you. Which means the gunfighter. Oh, yeah, does it? Yes. What a clever name. (laughs) And it was eventually um, used by the Mexican press when speaking of Sharon. Uh, Several years went by with no notable events happening in Sharon's life. So she went to prison. She was sentenced in 1965. Four years go by. Nothing. She's just in this prison in Mexico City. In December 7th, 1969, so four years later, she doesn't show up for roll call that evening Uh at 5 p.m. She She doesn't show up for the second one at 9 p.m. But for some reason, no one reported Sharon officially missing until 2 a.m. on December 8th. And a manhunt is set up because she's an escaped prisoner. And they focus in the northern area of Mexico because there was some connection Sharon had in that area. But eventually the search was widened to the entire country. U.S. authorities were informed that she may be trying to work her way back into the country, but nothing came about for that. They determined that Sharon had bribed the guards to look the other way while she escaped the prison during a blackout that had occurred randomly that day about the time that Sharon was last seen. So she just... Oh, I assume that she just charmed the pants off of the guards, right? Mm-hmm. Just charmed them. Hey, hey, guards, you know how I'm, um, you know, locked up in here? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What would you think about that not being the case? Yeah. How about you let me out? Yeah. Oh, we love, we fucking, do you, I, I we love, love that, that idea. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So 
Yeah, so she says, um, well, so they said that she was last seen, this blackout randomly occurred, um, and there was a door that should have been locked that wasn't. So they obviously, she set it up, bribed people to help her. Um, It was alleged that Sharon's boyfriend uh, was involved. She's now dating a Mexico City police officer. Yeah, that's what I mean, like... Does she never run into any soul where she's like, hey, how about... And they're just like, no. No is the, the fucking answer. I mean, other than, no. other than legal people? That's no. What, that's what everyone yeah. is like. Okay. Uh, I mean, yeah. Why? Why? Except James and Walter. See what happens? Christ. See what happens when you stand up to a strong-willed woman? Yes. <laughs> people die. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, apparently this Mexico City police officer who was her boyfriend helped. Her mother was also alleged to have helped somehow. Yeah, who needs to keep, you know, why well, keep your job? Well, I guess she job? has mafia connections. Um, and it, there was also a former former Mexican Secret Service agent that Sharon knew who was allegedly helping her. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another theory said that she disguised herself as a man to help with the escape, which is how she got through the country without anyone noticing. Another theory said that Francisco's family had helped her escape so that they could kill her. Oh. Either way. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so either way, uh, 10 days later, on December 18th, the manhunt ended and reports were filed stating that they were no longer searching for the missing prisoner, speculating that she had cr- cr- crossed into uh, Guatemala and would probably get along fine there because she's fluent in Spanish, having spent time in a mexican prison and um because mexican law you can escape prison without it being an, an additional crime i think they just made that law just for her yeah probably they, she charmed uh, she, she charmed, charmed them to death she, she's charm type she charm type <laughs> um yeah so mexican law is is if you escape prison it's not a crime so if you come back all you have to do is finish out the sentence you already <laughs> were working who on. wrote that? so what if they get out I mean, not too concerned about it. I mean, I, they didn't really... So that's why I they mean, don't put a lot of effort into it. Because they're like, well, I mean, it's not a crime that she escaped. So... Okay. It's Yeah, it's like, how do you how do you put that much manpower into like finding an escape prisoner when it's not a crime? I mean, that's really what you've set that law up for. That is super fried. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so either way... They stopped searching for her because she wouldn't face any additional time anyway, and she would have just served out the rest of her sentence. Shannon, um, Sharon's bail in the U.S. obviously was re- revoked in 1964 when she ran to Mexico. A suit was filed against her family to pay the cost of the bail, the lawyer's fees, and the cost of the search for Sharon after her escape. And since she... Um, Missed her October 1964 hearing for James's death because she was in a jail in Mexico. A warrant was issued for Sharon's arrest. It has been 50 years since Sharon was last seen. Are you fucking serious? No one knows where she went and she would be 80 this year. So this is like, I mean, it's... Normally I don't do unresolves. That's what I mean. We know oh, that I think, she did it yeah, and she's yeah. been convicted but she went missing. So I thought that still kind of was okay that I did it. Yeah. I know it's I'm, a little harsh for I, a resolution. Yeah, I'm not um I'm not mad at it like an unsolved because unsolves are like we don't know who did it. This is like, oh, this bitch is guilty. 
Yeah. I mean, why would She's you be dipping and running around mm-hmm. if you don't have a guilty conscience? Exactly. Like, if you were innocent, it'd be like, all right, question me. Yeah. Like, what's up? Yeah. What are we doing? Yeah. Ask me anything. Yeah. But uh, not the case. I'm not, I'm not mad at it. It's just I was that's not waiting. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, I was waiting for it to something to finally, finally give. And you're yeah. just like, and then she was awesome at... Um, being elusive yeah. for the rest of her rest life. Rest of her life, yeah. So December of this year will be fifty years since she was since she disappeared from jail. I would be suspect of any twenty two wounds in the U.S. Since then, probably all her, <laughs> all her. But it it <coughs> funny thing, it wasn't me. That's my gun, but it's not registered to me. It's I was just not, fucking the guy. Yeah, yeah. I just happen to be connected yeah, yeah, yeah. to. Someone. I mean, I know I'm always connected to when yeah. people are dying, and yeah. there's always a twenty two involved. But uh, it's really not me. Yeah. Yeah. Not me. Cool. Definitely not me. Yeah. Well, so maybe she'll listen to this episode. Maybe. Um, she's 80. So well, maybe she'll, she'll be easier to take li- down. Maybe she'll if- try to hear this episode. Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that is the tale of the the law. I can't ever say it. La 22. La 22 tw- gunfighter. Yeah. Yes. Um. Yeah, so the um blah 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 the what is it called? Sightings. I don't know. <laughs> what the stuff I use for the research. Uh was just Oh. Easily Wikipedia and Murderpedia this time. I, did, I, I didn't, didn't know what any. Murderpedia was until you said it this morning. Oh. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. I know there's like lots of different more, it's pedias. Like, well, it's like, um, yeah, it's, there's like a ice and fire pedia. And yeah. Stuff. I knew about that one. I've yeah. uh, peeped that one before. Yeah. It's, it's the same thing. It's just like, it kind of chronicles, um, pretty much anyone who's been charged. Well, that's a useful tool. Yeah, it is. And it, it takes, um, it'll take, whereas like Wikipedia will just give you an overview of kind of the whole story. Yeah. Like this one will take different articles and like just... It just give you just read all one, all the articles in one like page. Oh, cool! So you can just keep st- scrolling, and you're like, oh, there's like a million articles on this. So that I mean, again, that's why it's easier to just cite those because they if you just go to that and look her up, I mean, it's gonna be on there. Yeah. So um, it wasn't. I didn't read a lot of like individual articles. I did see that another podcast had covered it. Um, recently? No, I don't think it was recently, but they did come up. Um, but I didn't. I didn't listen to it. So. Right on. Yes. So, um, I okay. I think that's all I had. Um, just so confused as to how this chick wiggles her way out of shit, and people like she charms people so much. She's charm like type. She's, that's like all you Kevin. need to know. Yeah. 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 I don't. I don't get it either. It's it Insane. is very weird when you have someone who's like you can't understand. It's like it's, it's like fucking Bill Murray going around killing people. And then every time it would come to court, they'd be like, it's, it's Bill fucking Murray. Bill Murray, dude. I, I, I mean, he's fine. I'd be he okay didn't. with it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would do that. Not guilty. <laughs> Not guilty. Yeah. No, no, I'd be no. like, no, no, no. Nah. Look at that smile. Come on now. No. Groundhog Day. Ghostbusters. Yeah, you fucking you kidding me? You can't kill my childhood. Come on. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, it's it's very weird. There's no, it's there. You're right. There's no reason for her to. I don't get it. I don't get it. Like Aaron doesn't get that Michael is in love with Holly. (laughs) I just don't don't get get it. it. Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah. Super weird. Yes. But you're right. I mean, it was back in the day, so these these people didn't have a lot to do. It's just not a lot going on. So yeah, yeah. 
Anyway. All right. Well, uh, again, if you want some stickers, <laughs> we're going to send another thing of stickers out. Uh, I'm going to make another card so we can get these out soonish. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, hit us up. Yeah, just um, you can send message on any of the social media links and then uh, it's or just murderpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, run that. And uh, we'll probably send that out in like, I don't know, a week or so, whenever. Yeah, whenever we get like 10 or so, a nice little chunk. Chunk, chunky chunk. Alrighty. Um, today is the day that we would all go back to Hogwarts. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. This is an exact day? It's the first, right? uh september well sunday is that when they go yeah they go walk through the the brick wall and shit yeesh yeesh <laughs> where's my owl where's my wand yep i would definitely be in house slytherin uh i don't know what i would hold down i'd probably try to get into a shittier house and make it and it make fun. it cool yeah to where i'd like i would bring the the puffs I'd, yeah i'd bring the puffs up <laughs> they'd be like oh the puffs suck i'd be like nah not this year bitch <laughs> check out check this shit out no sleeves for any of us <laughs> we're all stunting sleeveless we're all puffs and then people are like damn have you seen the puffs this year they're kind of fucking lit i'm like yeah yeah i know griffin dorks <laughs> yeah I like that. You just champion whoever Yeah. Whoever needed it. Well, you know, I like the underdogs. Yeah. So puffs don't get no respect. <laughs> We're bringing them up. We're going to rise to the top. Keep on rising. Aww. Anywho, on that note, <laughs> you all have fun at uh, Hogwarts. Hope you have a great year. Yes. And we'll, uh, we'll see you soon. We can send stickers there. Yes. If you need some. Yes. To put on your cool old luggage. Yes, for some reason. Yeah. Alrighty-o. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, folks. We'll, um, yeppers. See you later. Till next time. <laughs> Bye. Peace. Peace.